A man become preeminent, he's expected to have enthusiasms. 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 What am I? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Baseball. <laughs> Podcast. This is Rob D. You can always catch me on Twitter at Dead Hitter and the Poor Hitter Podcast at Poor Hitter Pod. And for everyone who sent a recent rating or review, much appreciated. Really goes a long way for the podcasting and fantasy baseball venture that I'm on, and as well as the Poor Hitter Patreon. Um, big up to everyone involved in there. Really appreciate all the support in there. And awesome. The Discord is popping. Over 200 people. Talking fantasy all day long. We have a screen pillow thread where you can go and just rant about bad anything you want to. But come check it out. Five bucks a month get you get you in the door at the entry level, and with that, you'll get at least seven podcasts a week from me. Um, going through daily stuff, lineup pods. It's a lot of fun. I think you'll be getting your money's worth. So come check it out if you want. This episode tonight will be with my buddy Dom, aka at Bulk, Bullpen Guru on Twitter. He handles um, the streaming of the relief pitchers on Reliever Recon, which is another great Patreon. You should go support as well. Greg Jewett, Aaron Pags, Nate Markham, and Dom. They're just completely covering any of your bases you need for relief pitching in general. So, yeah, come, come, come support our work. We have an active Discord. We're answering questions on the fly, lineup questions, um, whatever you want to discuss. We're in there. So, come check it out. It's a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, on this episode, we'll be going through the player movement from the NFBC main event this weekend. And Dom writes the article for me at PullHitter.com every week, going through the biggest ads and the drops and the players that we bid the most on, most aggressively on, dollar-wise, league league amount-wise. And he includes some very, very good format covering stuff that shows you how much fab is being spent per league and per week so it's really cool stuff we also get into some archetypes what i like to call fab archetypes basically trying to target specific needs and just way to go about fab in general how to plan out who you want to stream or get for rest of the season or have as a spec closer just specific ways you can try to attain those goals and um we talk about some the value of having some multi-eligibility guys as well through FAB. And um, yeah, we hit on a bunch of topics. We think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. Thanks for the support. And enjoy the show. All righty, folks. Welcome back to the Pull Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable tools and resources to crush your fantasy league. It is Tuesday night, May 2nd. I'm here with my buddy Dom, the bullpen guru. We're about to talk about Fab, and we're watching Mason Miller and Bryce Miller wow us with no runs up on the board, no hits even in the sixth inning. 
Bryce Harper's back. I mean, what the fuck else do you need, buddy? Right? Isn't this yeah, great? Isn't this great? Great day. C crazy day. <laughs> great day. Yeah. Like little Tomorrow's things. gonna like, be even crazier for me with uh stone and fat and so so it's uh it's getting exciting over here. It really is. And it's like, you know, all these guys are going down, all these starting pitchers are going down. I kind of talked about this in a tweet and I, I know like it may people, you know, have the reasonings for why maybe the pitch clock doesn't have a huge impact, but I think to deny it has any impact is just being ignorant. Um, I think anything that you could have to speed up in your life and do quicker. Um, and through the articles I read that, that Derek Rhodes um, sent over and something in the athletic this morning, I think got me thinking more too about the, not only the pitch clock, like timing, but the quicker inning. So you're coming back onto the mound quicker too, right? So there's less of that rest in between the innings. And so these younger kids that are attracting all these fab dollars, I think there's going to be more people more drawn to them, maybe being wary of how pitching may just thin out eventually. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. And they're probably a little more comfortable with the clock, just given the fact that they've been doing it in the minors for the last couple of years, right? Great point. But Great uh, point. Yeah, and that kind of goes to com the complete opposite strategy I had coming into this year when I was targeting <laughs> pitching, because I wanted older proven guys that have, you know, thrown 200 innings and you know know how to keep their bodies healthy but you know the the clock is a totally different environment that they haven't pitched in before so um yeah it's it's the reason why i just you know i'm very shorthanded on my bench batters wise and just loading up on pitching and um you know I'm, i guess from a strategy perspective i'm kind of glad that i have done that but uh yeah it's it's gonna be worth monitoring i did want to read that article in the athletic because it seems like you know um at least from the headline that i read that you know they could say pretty definitively that this has an impact and looks like they talked to doctors and stuff like that that all kind of made the conclusion like there's no way that it wouldn't you know have a medical impact so all all the things that we have to consider right yeah for sure you know i mean i you know, I used to be a certified uh, personal trainer, spent some time training people in the gym and um, not a kinesiology expert like these people are now and that work in biomechanics and track all the stuff at driveline. But I just think, you know, just from training in my earlier life that, you know, just know the impact that speed and max effort can have on your body. And Tony Kemp breaks up the no hit of a Bryce Miller. Uh, I expected that from Tony Kemp, no, like nobody else. Um, but yeah, so big, big spending this week. Um, you wrote up another solid article on the pull And uh, so we'll get into that. We'll talk about some individual players and then on a, I wanted to talk about like bid bid archetypes, the kind of guys that are like I think sectionalized when you go into fab that you can kind of, you know, target. So let's get rocking and rolling, go right yeah. into uh, the article this week. Yeah, sounds good. So yeah, another another big week of bidding. So it was the uh, second most money spent this year, um, on a total basis and on an a per average basis this week. So. Um, sixty almost sixty two thousand in fab dollars in the main event contest, seventy eight dollar average per bid. Um, you know that just you know, uh, and that I think we expected that right with the two Cleveland, um, 
prospects, uh, Logan Allen, Tanner Bibby being available or Bybee being available, we knew they were going to be big bids and they were going to drive up the price. So, um, you know, not nothing really to add that hasn't already been discussed in, in other podcasts and articles and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I did this week add um, a year to date spending analysis per league. And, uh, you know, so that ranged um, in terms of the spending. So uh, there's one league that has um, on average, the the teams in that league have on average about $474. Um, so, you know, less than half on average for the entire league. So over half of the league's money's already gone. Whereas there's a league that has um, only like 25% of their fab spent on the uh, complete opposite side. So, you know, there's a big differential in, and I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, there's a big differential in, in spending amongst leagues. And that is going to change the um, bidding at some point, right? Once right. things kind of slow down, like bids that in that league where all that money is spent, you're going to get guys, you know, a couple hundred, couple hundred dollars less than others, you know, um, that that have already spent more money. So just something to keep in mind, especially, you know, if you have multiple main event teams, you know, it might be worth monitoring like where the spending is in terms of, you know, where your league is at. Cause you might need more money in one league than you would need in another league to bid on that same player. So that was just one interesting takeaway I had in looking at that and adding that um, analysis this week to, um, to the article. Yeah, I thought that was great because it provided me with a little, oh, this is a great snapshot because I think we're always kind of wondering what to bid on these players and um, uh, kind of getting the the league context um, and then seeing the format-wide context because if, like, if you're someone who's reviewing Fab or um, reading Vlad's article, right, and you see that number that he's recommending trying to anticipate what the market might spend, you also should take a look at, obviously, what your league is showing just like this show, then it, it's really cool. And I just wanted to mention too, like the average spend per team this week and the average winning bid, like I think we discussed um, in week four, like how it was the highest. It would have been, you know, um, it was like four bucks more than the um, average amount spent on a team last week and the highest week. And this week would have been um, number three. Like in the last two years, this you know, we've had already the highest amount spent and the third highest. And so it's crazy like to see how much we're outpacing last year spending. It's really, it's really wild, you know, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. just, and um, it's just because like the, the talented young arms that are coming up and they're the biggest draw right now because pitching is lacking. And um, I guess the, I guess the changing of the rules in terms of being more aggressive with the prospects has gotten to this or was it, you know, I don't know. I mean, we're just constantly getting these guys every week instead of just that one week or two weeks we get the fab of a loser. It's just consistent um, big draws that a lot of people are drawn to. And and I, I, I think that a lot of it is because of what's available these days and what's accessible and how sharp and how in tune everybody is to the news and to StatCast stuff and people who provide analysis through, um, you know, pitch shapes and stuff. And we're just so locked in and there's no like sneaking anything through. 
<laughs> you yeah. know, you you can't assume that someone hasn't heard of a player or that this guy, quote unquote, might go cheap. It just doesn't work like that right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I think like the I, I think I feel lucky that I've kind of snuck the players that I've been able to sneak through this year. Like I, you know, in in that first week of fab, I snuck um, Bryce Elder in on the cheap, like before the next week he was up and, and uh, drawing a lot of money. And then um, I, yeah, but seeing all these bids, I mean, I, Ricky Tiedemann, that was the only main event league that he was available in. And I grabbed them for like 14 bucks. And, and, you know, now that I see guys come up and command 300 bucks, I'm like, you know, I can't, I can't let them go. Um, and that's even at draft day in my first main, I drafted Gavin stone and, and I couldn't let him go. Cause I was like, dude, I'm not going to cut this guy and see him go for 250 bucks. You know, when I could have just kept him on my bench as, you know, as long as possible. So that's the one thing I've just been trying to do is like, you know, that, that is how you can kind of sneak is like, just check your wire and see if there's guys that are in, you know, in your league that might not be widely available in the pool and just try to get them a week, two, three weeks early. Um, Cause I think that's really the only way, because like you said, everyone is, is uh, so sharp and on top of their stuff that, um, you know, the only way to do it is to pay up. Yep. And I did do that. I did check the wire in week two in my first main event. Um, Bryce Miller was drafted, dropped in week one. I had Robbie Ray and I, I think I've probably spoken about this a lot, but I, you know, tend to try to draft enough depth in through pitching where, you know, that I don't have to stream too much um, off the wire. And just so I could pick my spots or like anyone I think could be an impact the rest of the season or like a good start week. And um, I had Robbie Ray, but I also had Cole and Strider. So I felt the blow to him and I still feel it, but I, I'm glad I took them. I'm glad they both lasted. I mean, yeah, 15, 16. <laughs> in the main but so i i took a look at chris flex and i said nah you know i don't think this is gonna last and so i scooped up miller for a buck you know and mm -hmm. i felt good about it and then the next week i got blinded by chris bubich and um dropped miller for him and now um uh now <laughs> he's gonna go for so much money and i could have had him for a buck um, yeah and i'm just um you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and, and it's, you know, the, the reasoning I gave myself when I scooped them up too was, um, I was like, well, you know, they trust like the guys like in Chris Flexen and Marco Gonzalez, like what's the chance he comes up. Maybe it's just to piggyback one of them and all this stuff. And then, but then I said, you know what though, last year I was so gun shy on these impact arms that you know, were good in spring and showed something in the minors and like Spencer Strider was an example didn't like actually I'm like ah even if he does come as a reliever and start to pitch as a reliever and pitches well I'm like ah no it doesn't matter he's not gonna get a shot and not trusting the skills and I and and I picked him up for that reason I was like don't don't miss out on this year's possible Spencer Strider type ad and then the next week I got blinded by a fucking dud lefty from Kansas City so Oh God I just had to yeah. get that out automatic yeah yeah no get it get it off your chest I mean like and I. You know, we talked about this before we started recording, but like, you know, just keep in mind, he, he is pitching against Oakland. So, you know, um, we'll see how he pitches against Houston this weekend. If he does, um, you know, didn't really see many secondary pitches from him. Um, so, 
you know, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't kill yourself. And, and you still do have Strider and Cole, right? So, um, they haven't gone anywhere yet. So I, I think, I think you'll be in good shape. Can you imagine if he just dominates Houston, how much money he's going to go for this weekend? <laughs> I mean, it's possible. This is not oh, the God. same Astros team, No, it's right? not. You're right. So, You're right. You're so right. You're right. It, it, it's possible, but, uh, You're yeah, right. we'll, we'll see. But, uh, you know, but, um, let's, you know, why don't we, uh, why don't we get started talking through, you know, I think, I think you and I had a discussion last week about how try to do things a little differently. And I think, you know, you had a really good idea of just starting our talk about, um, you know, how to get better at fab and, you know, help the listeners and, um, you know, people that are, you know, paying attention to us, how to, um, maybe get better. So I think you, you know, you made a good point in terms of like the archetypes of bids. So, um, why don't, you know, why don't we start talking about that? Yeah, I think, um, you know, part of, I think, you know, what I do for my fab part of my article too, and like trying to just include some of like my own process and, you know, I kind of, um, Obviously, we're looking at stuff on a like a week level and a rest of season level. But sometimes when we do like our fab, we'll see like, oh, seven games a week and blah, blah, blah. You know, and obviously, if you have the seven game week, you're going to have that Monday to Thursday where it's four games. And I kind of like to start there just to see like because I set my lineup for the, you know, each period. And I just try to see if there's any upgrades. So using the wonderful Razball tool, you know, uh, I, and Rudy actually added a column in the weekly tab that shows you the Monday and the Friday, you know, dollar value. So I think it's a pretty cool, you know, two new columns that he's added. And um, it helped me to see things on a week level, but also um, because I think the game is one, in those margins, like, um, I, you know, setting your lineup for Friday to Sunday and just seeing it because you get to Friday. And if you're not aware of, ah, man, like I didn't realize my outfielder had two games versus a lefty and he doesn't play a lot versus lefty. So mm -hmm. I try to target, you know, both periods. Um, and obviously, like I said, they go hand in hand, you know, like a guy like I like this week with Alex Call that, you know, I got in one league because he had the full week. He had the four game, you know, Monday to Thursday versus, you know, some decent, like not great pitching, but, you know, he's leading off. He's going to get volume. But then like um, even for Friday, Sunday, like I really try to target, you know, like, um, you know, the handedness of the pitcher. So. Mm -hmm. Like last week, I think we were discussing like Kerry Carpenter and Nick Maton, uh, Nick Maton. Like they're lefties. They have three games versus righty. You know, they're going to, you know, get into every game most likely. And they could, like, they do specific things well. Like they're power hitters. So if you need like a power stream, um, so then it's like trying to identify stuff like that. And then, like, for this week, you know, Eddie Rosario obviously had four games, but then they added that fifth game. So he was like, a complete target of mine. I actually got him for the cheapest he went for in the main event, which was nuts. He got him for four dollars, and I was like, I was like mad at myself that I even bid four. Like after I realized that I, it was the cheapest ad, I was like, I guess I should have bid more, you know? Yeah. Um, but I just like feel like targeting those guys, um, is kind of useful. Um, like the handedness, just looking at the splits, because you, you, 
if you look at roster resource or wherever you like to look at lineups, either um, I think baseball reference had another good layout for it and just try to pick up on those trends of like mm-hmm. finding out when um, a batter is going to get a good run of games. And, um, and I feel like using it, but also going back to like how we're reviewing these fab ads, right. And just using that as a little basis of, um, for what to expect in your bidding. So I tried to use the Nick Maton bid from the previous week. I tried to use um, other bids for like to relate how much Brandon Belt might go for Kevin Kiermaier because they all had four games versus righties and their lefties. So mm-hmm. um, just stuff like that. But I think if you can kind of get aware to the matchups and then also what they're going for, like what is the market for a guy who's going to – it's like and I don't know, maybe I'm not – uh, maybe I'm one of the only few or not many who do like the whole Friday, Sunday, Monday to Thursday thing. I don't know, but I just feel like it helps me maximize a little more rather than say, oh, this guy's got a seven game week. That's great. Or like set your lineup to set your Friday to Sunday and just be aware of those things, because I think more and more, too. Right. I don't know if you're saying this, but there's just more platoons. There's mm. more. There's just more and more. It's yeah. like so specialized and it's like. Uh, driving me yeah. nuts. Yeah, so that, that's kind of what I I wanted to say. So like, um, I I haven't been streaming hitters as much this year yet. I think for a couple of reasons. One, I think thankfully I've done a pretty good job of drafting, um, mostly like full time players. Um, and I've gotten very lucky with health, so I haven't really had to be going to the wire in terms of streaming and when i do go to pick up batters it's for like i'm I'm like bidding a lot of money with the intention of putting them in my lineup you know for the next couple of months right so i haven't been doing that but also at least this was something i felt like schedule wise it seems like there aren't big disparities between teams like up until this week it feels like teams are all playing seven six or seven game weeks and there aren't that many five game weeks so you're not not really in a position where you know there's a big disparity but you know like what we saw this weekend we we were going to go to the Mets game they got rained out now the Braves have an eight game week so when you're comparing an eight game Eddie Rosario against a five game um even yeah yeah like you know a five game christian walker or some or you know somebody uh, you know like that that is where it actually makes in my opinion a big difference because um you know that that is just a totally there's a, a just a huge swing in the the volume of at bats between a guy that's going to play seven of eight games compared to a guy that's going to play at most five games um and that's where, you know, as we see more rainouts and, you know, as the games, you know, the season moves on and they start scheduling double headers, and then you have those eight game weeks compared to five game weeks. That's where I think there's going to be, it's going to be more important to pay attention to that stuff. Cause like when everybody's playing seven or six games, the way I thought of it was there is so much platooning and it's so early in the season that it seems like player like just like everybody's getting rest and you know it's not like how it used to be where if you were a bench player you were on the bench like six of the seven games a week and you'd maybe play you know one time a week on sunday like teams are really utilizing their bench heavily um so you know you could you could stream a guy that has 
a seven game week, but if he only plays five games, you know, was it, yeah. was it that big of an upgrade? So that's been my mindset. But like, as we start having these bigger disparities between games on a schedule, I, you know, that's something I'll certainly be paying closer attention to and, you know, being more mindful of. Um, so it's a good, it's a good call out. And yeah, like we talked about, like, with the the balanced schedule, balanced schedule, like you have a rain out, that team might not be coming back to your town. Um, so there's going to just be like a lot of weird double headers and a lot of condensed scheduling where you have to find like mutual off days to play a game that's made up and all this kind of crazy stuff that like we've never really had to think about before. But you know, it's gonna it's gonna have an impact. Um, you know, as these games get rescheduled later in the year. Yeah, no, it it really is because um actually the the gentleman that I found uh, I don't know if you've ever been to like Major League Baseball um schedule grid um dot com I think I included in 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 the Discord link but the the gentleman that runs that site and made that Excel sheet um I had some discussions you know with him through through email and 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 he and he was saying like he actually wanted to write something up. Um, in the in the preseason about how he thought the balance schedule will impact the schedule at the end of the season need to be with like rain out and stuff. And um, I guess he was under the assumption too, like he said, like, I think they're going to try to play through more bad weather than normal, mm. you know, yeah. um, because they're going to have to, they're going to, they don't have as many gaps because like you said, there's less five games and um, it's for a reason. They're constantly traveling now. Like going, you know, it, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, and just like, and the you divisional know. games, like you, 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 where you used to play a team eighteen times, you could you could make up those rainouts pretty easily if it's against a, a divisional opponent. Where now you're playing them like twelve times, so you only play them at home twice. So like, right. it's it's uh, you know, and the good thing for the, the league is they've had good weather for the most part, like the whole season. There really hasn't been that much um, many games impacted by weather. So yeah, we'll yep. see. And I think um, I just want to get back to like one more thought about the um, about the just paying attention to the lineups. I guess because I'm just doing like my daily notes and writing like you know like a daily article for the Patreon and just doing the pod. I'm like so in tune to playing time right now, like mm-hmm. just really being on top of when a guy tends to sit um, and when he doesn't and. So I think I could like I think that's a little bit of my edge like in in a pickup because to me like a rest of season pickup or a guy I expect to play for the next two months he has to really be like when I you know plug everything into my rest of season SGP he has to be like like a really big difference maker and they really don't come across that much I think mm-hmm. during the season um I guess like rest of season bats like someone who's heavily owned is dropped because they're not playing well or just because they got hurt and they get dropped and they come back or whatever. Yeah. Um, but so I just think that like, that's where I kind of like, I made my moves last year in incremental like points and just trying to chip away through yeah. offense like that. But also to like being aware of things like, so you mentioned the five game week and it's something I put in my fab, fab pod and article. Like, so like Arizona, um, I mean, Texas had a five game week, right. But there are, th- their Friday to Sunday was versus three left-handed pitchers, right? right? So you look at a guy like Ezekiel 
Duran, you look at even Robbie Grossman, right? Um, you look at Bubba Thompson, who plays all the time versus lefties. And mm-hmm. so and you could target those weeks, but then realize too, like they have a five game week. So a lot of the people who are focusing on a ah, five game week, let's shun that aside. Now you have to say too, okay, I don't have to go as much because maybe that highlight of, oh, they have a big week is taken away. So you don't yeah. have to invest that much. So that's what I'm saying. Like, just try to be conscious of those little things that, that can really give you, you know, that kind of edge just to know how much you can bid because that's where I go wrong is I'm like, man, I could have got this like last year a lot with that. I could have got this $11, $13 bid for three because no one was seeing that. So, yeah. and then those add up, you know, I do, yeah. if you do four $13 bids where you could have went six or three, that adds up. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. That's helped me get better through the years. I think just being aware of that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? no, that makes sense. I guess quick question before, and then we'll we'll move on to the fab. But like, in your opinion, because I know this was something that's touched on in the process in terms of like the projecting the next, you know, the two start pitchers. So like when you were yes. talking about the uh the di- uh who was it? The Rangers have the three game week against the the weekend series against the Angels next weekend where they have three lefties. Do you like knowing that like, you know, things happen in terms of either guys get pushed, rainouts happen, schedules, like do you do you feel like there's a risk in looking <laughs> the next weekend ahead and Two saying, Oh, pitchers. there's three yeah, yeah. Well there's yeah. there's three lefties, but like, you know, if one of those guys or you know, something happens where their rotation gets reconfigured, right. then it becomes like, you know, two starts against the lefty and a righty or even worse like if two righties then move in like i don't know that, i guess that, it just guess... like goes on a person by person basis like i'm like robbie grossman where i'm like he's a switch hitter so he can have the ability to True. play three games and he does play you know maybe 65 percent of the games versus left uh first righties too so you, you feel a little safer but when it's someone yeah. who's clear cut like now this guy never starts but that's the thing too like if you want to take it to another level Right. And I think like um, Mike Curland, he covers this kind of stuff, too. It's just like paying attention to the pinch hitting, you know, like and that's part of the platooning because some teams are quick to really just change um, their pitchers. So, like, you kind of have to forecast that, too. Right. So Rowdy Tellez, like, hasn't been playing against all lefties, but I don't know why why either. Like, (laughs) I go through this, too. Like, the whole platoon thing is out of my mind sometimes because, like, Mike Brasso is not better. Than right. Rowdy Tellez. Just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop with that. It's nonsense. And so, but then, so look at the team he's playing, right? So if it's, um, okay, this pitcher hasn't gone more than three or four innings or, you know, and they, it's like what you covered too a lot, you right. know, with your bullpen stuff. It's a, it's a lefty followed by a righty. And so you can see that. It's like, all right, so Rowdy may not start, but he may come in and get still two at-bats, you know? Right. So, um, you know, getting back to your question i just think it's like it's it's on a person by person basis and if you're like i said if you're into the playing time just go go to roster resource go to the lineup tracker and you can instantly see the lefties you can see the righties and then go to those game at the not start in the game log and see if they got in at the pinch hitter you know right. it's yep. and that that helps it takes three minutes to do it and um it, it really does help it, totally. it goes a long way yeah absolutely all right uh, let's get into this week Yep. So, oh. obviously, um, you know, let's not uh, 
we won't go crazy because I think it's been talked about a lot. But I guess just what are your quick thoughts on term in terms of the the big three targets this week, which um, were Tanner Bybee, who went on average three hundred twenty three bucks, Logan Allen, who went on average for um, one hundred ninety nine bucks, and then Louis Varland, who went for an average of seventy one dollars. So Varland went in forty nine leagues, Bybee went forty nine leagues, and. But uh, and Logan Allen went in all fifty three leagues. Um, yeah. What what uh were you on either a, any of those guys? Um, and if and you know who who did you prioritize amongst them? I prioritized Allen, um, then Bybee, then Varland. It wasn't um I was in the Varland range, and he was available in one main for me, um and. He was available in one of my two auction leagues. So um, I was in the 35 and 53 area in separate leagues, respectively. I did mm -hmm. not get him. Um, Tanner Bybee is some guy I have on two DCs. Um, uh, he's been on my, I have a little, you know, probably listening to podcasts or reading articles. I have like a running doc with just, you know, pe people who mention names and who've said them too like <laughs> it's like yeah. oh james anderson did this guy again you know so it's like just kind of give you like a running idea of who's throwing out names and who's seeing things and i remember the one week like i i, I read about bybee on prospects live because dylan white had his robo scout tool and bybee was popping like crazy it's like a comparative tool that looked at several things but um and then I heard um, Dylan and Eddie Almaguer talking about them on a podcast, the Patreon Prospect Live podcast, and he was talking about like four pitch mix and it just like lights out. And then James was talking about him too in his article in a podcast. So it was just a guy. I'm like, okay. I went in, I dove in. I was like, wow, this looks impressive. So in the off season, Tanner Bybee was the my preferred choice. But then I watched them pitch, and Logan Allen, I think maybe wasn't drafted enough because. You know, like the surface numbers, the ERA last year in AAA was 6.49. And they, you know, people look at ERA a lot, but the K percentage was solid and the walk percentage was high. But I think in AAA this year, people saw that he made a legit change. And I think Jeff Ponce um, tweeted out a video of it too. And he was just talking about how like the, the lefty slot too and like the high fastball. And that's what took me away in his first start. Just had like, innate ability to get that like high fastball in from a, like an odd angle, odd lefty angle. And he impressed me. Um, not to say that Bybee didn't, but um, so I went with Allen a little more, but they were like, I had, I had Allen for like 102 max um, yeah. in one league and another league with 88. That's my first main where I didn't have as much because I got Mason Miller last week. So, um, and I, I knew I wasn't going to get them, you know, right. Yeah. Um, and I uh, no, it's not, I'm not keeping in him honest because I don't believe in that phrase, <laughs> keeping him honest. I don't think, you know, you just got to keep yourself honest. It's, it's a blind bid. Um, so anyway, um, I, I knew I wasn't going to really yeah. get them, but I just wanted yeah. to have what I thought was, um, a bid on end. And I would have been in the 200s probably had I known they're going to be guaranteed rest of the season started. Yeah. And that's what the biggest hangup was for me. I know like, I'm not a big, I don't like Quantrill, never drafted him. I don't like Plesak, never drafted him, but that still doesn't 
get me off of the fact that it's the Cleveland Guardians. They're going to maximize these guys' arms until it hurts them. So maybe, you know, when McKenzie's back and Savali's back, right? And they could say, okay, like, we're we're fully stocked. We don't need Plesak to fill in anymore. Boom. Like, hit the showers. But, you yeah. know, but I don't know that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know that. And if I had that, yes, I would have been in the 200s for both of them. And yeah. Louis Vallon, too. As much as I love the skills, the fastball, the cutter, the velo increase, he's got a crazy angle, too. And you watch him pitch, like, the way he delivers the ball has to be a, a little bit of a fuck up for batters. It just doesn't look right, you know? Um, but also, too, there's risk with him because of Maeda. Like, I know yeah. there's two spots available now because of Molly and Maeda. But if Maeda comes back and they just like, hey, you know, we got to get as much as we can out of Maeda, then. So yeah. that's why I attempted my bid for him, too. But um, I like all three. I kind of like Volin at the cost the most, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, how, that's, how about that's you? Where, yeah, that's where I was at. Like, you know, I, I did my fab uh, Saturday night and I was just like. I'm going to be aggressive on Varland at the cost as opposed to paying up for the two Cleveland guys. Cause like you said, I, I think they're going to have spots. Like they've, they've thrown enough innings last year at the minors that they can handle a, um, you know, big league workload. Yep. Um, Quantrill and police have options. Like they could just send them down. Like they don't have to, they don't have to DFA them. They don't have to trade them. They can just send them to triple a. So like, I was like, I'm pretty comfortable in their spot in the role as long as they pitch well and everything I've seen, they look good. So like I was comfortable with it. It's just, I kind of was like, it's going to get out of hand and I'd rather (laughs) try to just prioritize Varland at cost. So um, the the thing is Sunday news came out about Molly not starting on Tuesday, then Molly being out, being shut down four weeks um so it it just got more and more aggressive and um i kind of you know upped my bids with the hype so i went up to like 50 bucks on him and i got him in one main didn't get him in the other so um you know i think it was one of the cheaper wins of him so i'm happy with that um but i get you know devil's advocate he is i think part of the reason why he got so hyped up was like oh ober's you know people assume like kind of tied Varlin to Ober. So like, oh, Ober out four weeks. And so that means he's not going to be back for at best until, you know, maybe early July. That's Varlin's runway. But in reality, I think um, Ober gets, sorry, did I say Ober? I meant Ober gets Molly's spot. Molly Molly is out for the, you know, the two months or so. So Ober takes Molly's spot and Varlin is now tied to Maeda who, has a major league contract and has had multiple, you know, different ailments this year, but keeps getting started. So like, you know, he, I don't think he has as clear a runway as people were assuming on Sunday when his, you know, his helium started kind of driving up in my opinion, at least. So um, even as somebody that won him, you know, I, I still just in the back of my mind have that little bit of a, you know, doubt in terms of, you know, what happens when Maeda says, Hey, I'm good to go. Um, so yeah, that, yeah. And, and they had the opportunity last year to use him and some other arms in their system, but they're like, no, nope, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, you yeah. know, so yeah. like that whole Maeda thing is true because, you know, they're going to try to get him. They're going to try to get his innings from him. So if right. he comes back in a month or two weeks or whatever it is, like, 
Um, he's going to be in there. He's not going to go to the pen, right? He's yep. not going anywhere. He's starting yep. when he comes back, you know, yep. it's just when does he come back? Right. So, right. you know, uh, but, you know, like you said, it, it, it's it's got a good arm and at cost, it's good. If it works out um, that he stays, he stays. If not, you know, it's something that you have to decide. But I think it's, it, it's better to just take a month of maybe some solid starts and then it is what it is from there, you know? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I like it. So, so yeah. So after those three big guys, you know, I label this next group, like the bargain bin in terms of, you know, as a pivot to paying up for those big three starters, there were um, four guys that I kind of identified as like popular ads this week, um, which were Yanni Chirinos, Dane Dunning, Cutter Crawford and Luke Weaver. Um, so do you have any opinion on those guys? Like are, are there, was there anybody in that group that you were targeting? Um, do you know, are you, do you have strong opinions against any of them? Um, what, what do you, what do you think in there with, on those guys? No, I got, um, I got a Crawford for seven bucks. Um, you know, I really love the skill set, whether or not like we get to see him start anytime soon um, is the question, but I got him for seven bucks. I'm willing to, um, I didn't have to use him this week, but he was a consideration, even though he wasn't on the starting, like, you know, they have seven games. So if you could just pick up a three inning appearance and, and just do like he did his last game with six K's, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's valuable. But, sure. um, I love what he's done in the 24 innings, um, real solid three, five Sierra, 23% K minus walk. Yeah. Um, the fly balls scare me a little bit. But the ball doesn't look as juiced as I think we thought it was in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, at least I think that now. But uh, the 25% K rate is meant 39% O swing, good in the zone. I really like what I see from him. Like, and like the luck metrics, the home run fly ball, those are like all mine with league average. So there's nothing but his skill set, like just really blaring, like I need to start. So I um, I was all in on Cutter. Um and then, you know, with the other guys, I don't know. I'm not, you know, Luke Weaver was showing us something, but just, it was hard to trust it. I, I've always had a thing for Luke Weaver. Um, and like even, but just the home run scared me. So it's like a three, I think it was 3.2 home run per nine coming into his mm-hmm. start yesterday. And, and, you know, like a guy who pitches in Cincy, um but again like he's he's the type of guy too like if you're looking um if you're looking at era you'll kind of get blinded by what he's doing right so the era is 788 sierra's 409 so that's a big difference but the k percentage at 26 percent. he's throwing high he's like swinging strike rate is good but the home runs are just really fucking scary so in in that park. So I don't know when in my mind would I be comfortable saying, hey, you know, um, let's throw him. He had a pretty decent start yesterday versus the Padres, which was encouraging. I think it, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. So uh, I know a lot of people um, ruled him out this week, right? I didn't check his start percentage, but um, put, I, I, I would bet it would be pretty high because probably a pickup. Yeah, actually, no, 26%. Okay, I thought... Uh, we've seen some crazy start percentages on like even guys in chorus. So I'm surprised that was <laughs> that low this week. Um, Torino's, 
I'm not as good as you in looking at the pictures. I'm really in tune with the playing time, but like the piggybacks and that stuff, I, I'd rather just um, not have to pay attention to it unless I have to, I guess. You know, if I'm really aching for pitching, I think I would have probably took a deeper dive into it. And Dane Dunning, I just, I I just, nah, I, I'm, I'm, he just doesn't do it for me. I, and I don't know how stretched out he is even right now to get to five innings. Um, but he just last year, he just kind of hung. I think everyone hung on to him trying to get better, but it was just like five innings of meh all the yeah. time. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think Chirinos and Dunning are very similar in terms of like, you know, that they're not going to be high strikeout guys. They're, they're, you know, like heavy ground ball leaning, um, but yeah, I agree with your assessment on Crawford. He was a guy that I had in in my um, waterfall as well. Um, I guess my only hesitation with him is like he has been working these like long um, outings, and honestly, like all three of them are similar. Like they they when they work, they work like these low leverage like mop up duty, and it's like almost like you know you don't big leaguers don't like give up at bats, but like, mm. I think sometimes they kind of do. Like if you're losing like 10, nothing and it's a Thursday and it's a getaway day. And like, you know, like Dane Dunning's in cleaning up, you're, you're just trying to get through the game and like, you might roll one over and like, you know, like, yeah, I just want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, So like, I, I think that does kind of play a hand in it. Like the work that they've been doing is like, not very, um intense so like dunning comes in for games when like john gray and and jacob Degrom get hurt um crawford comes in when like kluber gets rocked or or whatever um so like i think that might i'll be interesting to see how they pitch if if crawford gets a you know start in the next couple weeks when dunning gets a start i'm assuming he's just going to slot into the Degrom role, and I think he is stretched out enough that he, you know, he has had like six inning relief appearances so far this year. So I think, I think he's stretched out enough to handle it. Um, for Torinos, I like the usage behind the opener just because it unlocks the ability to vulture a win. Mm. Um, and Tampa's just so good that, like, you know, he doesn't have to pitch five innings to get a win if he's going to get used behind the opener. Um, but uh, I, I got Dunning for like three bucks in a league. He was just on my conditionals and I was like next week he pitches at Seattle and at Oakland. So like if I want it, it's there for me. Um, but like, I think I had them all in, in a similar price point. I think I was like between one to three bucks on all of them. And I was just like, I'll take whoever just as uh, a depth and I can, I can always just cut them if Dunning looks like shit this weekend. So um, yeah. And Luke Weaver, I didn't want anything to do with really just, I think he was just a, you know, he had two start week and one of those was against Chicago who looks terrible, but it's going to be in <laughs> Cincinnati. So, you know, he could just as easily get rocked. Um, so I was, I was avoiding there, but you know, I think, I think it's a good um, strategy. You know, if, if you're, if you've already blown a lot of money and you're looking for pitching to kind of try to dumpster dive a bit and see what you can find and see if you, you know, they have matchups that you like. So those were just four guys I wanted to, talk about um with you um you know similarly i know we kind of mentioned archetypes now An another archetype that i saw this week that was popular in terms of ads were like multi-eligible 
um, positional players. So Mm -hmm. three guys, uh, Ezekiel Duran, Zach McKinstry, and Nick Senzel were um, pretty um, popular ads. So like for me, when I, I looked at, when I was looking through the bidding, um, I was pretty shocked to see Zach McKinstry. So he was added in about like 30, 33 leagues or some, something like that. And like half of his leagues, he went unopposed, um, which I thought was kind of crazy because just looking at lineups before Fabran, like he, I, th- I think he had led off five straight days. I know it's Detroit, but like, you know, there's so many different, I, I would have thought he would have appealed to more people because he's, you know, so many middle infield injuries this guy has, I think he had second and third eligible and he's he leading did. off yeah. and he's leading off. So I was like, all right, I guess, you know, the people that got him unopposed are probably happy. Um, but uh, that was my, my kind of takeaway. And then Senzel, um, not, not as widely available. So he went for a little more. I think he went on average about 50 bucks per ad this week, but like um, he's about to pick up middle infield he's going to get second base, you know, in the next couple of days. And he's also played, I think like four or five games at third in addition to outfield. So, you know, another, another um, pretty useful utility player in, until he gets hurt again. And then Duran similarly playing shortstop. He, he's kind of playing everywhere. He's playing short. He's playing second. He's playing third. He's playing, uh, I think he might've gotten some outfield. Um, so these were all guys that I was like, if they don't, have the eligibility yet they're going to be getting it soon they're getting playing time um i think duran hit a home run tonight senzel hit one last night um so they're all they're all doing well and they all kind of contribute a little bit on speed and power front so they have some roto juice as well so roto juice. yeah <laughs> what yeah, what your thoughts were juice. there um yeah so i think mckinstry the thing is like i think a lot of people saw Two things. At least this is what I saw. Um, in terms of picking him up for this week, I get the leadoff thing, um, and that's a huge draw. But they probably saw, okay, looks like he's facing Verlander, Scherzer, um, and then on the weekend they have they're facing two lefties mm-hmm. in Matthew Montgomery. So you just know that he's not going to play. And I guess think there's probably enough hesitancy um, to him, you know, in general, uh, but. I, I'm like, I'm actually a fan of him. I've always been a fan of him. I actually, my, my first content tweet ever um, that I was, you know, when I started to try to like, you know, when I started my podcast, started doing some stuff, it was like my first dynasty league. I did this whole dive on Zach McKinstry. It's pretty wild. And uh, I get so deep on him, you know, I thought he was going to be the next Daniel Murphy. Um, But um, in terms of like this year, I think it, it's interesting because um, he had eight career stolen bases um come into the season in 364 plate appearances. He was ready four for five, um, and he had um four barrels, uh, and he had 14 coming into the season, including five last year. He set a new max EV, which was two miles an hour more than the previous. Um, so those are good things to like. Those are kind of the things you can hang on to early in the season without so much of a sample is like him hitting the ball harder than ever. Um, it's, you know, so I liked it. I liked the multi-eligibility too. I just, um, to me, there's still a little worry that like, again, like it's going to be hard to find spots to play him in during the season. If they're consistently playing a couple lefties and he's going to sit. And I don't think 
and Detroit will play him full time, even if he was, you know, like everything lined up for him. He just doesn't seem like the guy they owe a, a lot to to say, here, like, here's the job. So right. I don't know. Um, I guess I'm just thinking, you know, like I mentioned, it has to be like a, a real rest of season guy for me to, uh, I'm just like trying to maximize at bats. Handel I picked up on April 16th for eight bucks um, in one main, and I picked him up in uh, an auction for um seven so i'm on the sendell train um i think it was uh pretty instant when he came back on um what was it he came back on the 13th off the il and he played like three straight games um before that fab um they didn't show any willingness to like rest him or anything he looked like he was swinging good and i'm like this looks like he's gonna be full-time guy you know nice. so and i just i was on that pretty quick and yeah i love what he's doing like and this is the time to really you know get nick sendell you know he's healthy yeah. so you know yeah get i mean in, get in ride it yeah yeah i mean the, you know they took him second overall like they they want to see what they have in him you know when he's healthy so um and you know good good home park um so it seems like he's figuring it out so you know i get for for you i guess um you know certainly hope he stays healthy it's crazy that he's been in the majors he's been playing in the majors since 2019 i'm looking at his stats now it does not feel like he's been around that long but right just goes to show you how you know how uh how banged up he's been um but uh yeah, and I really like I, I took him last year too. I picked him up in Fab last year too because he came out saying that he was into this new swing change. Um, and then he was going to implement it, and he had like I don't know, like three quarters of his hard hit balls of the season, like in September, and it's like something wild like that. And then he got hurt, so um, he didn't really get to roll out. I think as much, and and the results weren't there like average wise or like things that you see on the surface, but you could see he was making a difference. And this year too, I was looking at his heat maps and he's annihilating stuff high in his own too, which he normally um, doesn't do well. Again, a small sample to have those like heat maps completely just melt, you know, in a month with more swings up there, but it just looks, he just looks different. And um, I, I'm excited for him. So mm. um, I, I even scooped them up in an OC too, because like, just that full-time playing time is huge. Non-platoon yeah. types. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, three home runs, two stolen bases already on the season. You love to see it. And yeah. Duran, um, he was also one of my archetype uh, targets for Friday, Sunday, you know, with the three lefties that they're facing. I was like, okay, like he does well versus lefties and they're going to play him. So he was kind of on my waterfall for that too it's just i guess the question is like what happens when Seeger comes back you know so again he's just like a short-term ad for me like right. in um he was in the list he was on the list but i didn't get to it so yeah it was uh all right. yeah all right. all um so if we you know the the next kind of archetype obviously bullpen relievers everybody's uh you know i think i think everyone's feeling the pressure in terms of trying to find saves that they've been hard to find. They've been hard to time in terms of the guys that, um, 
you know, are on waivers. So, you know, a good example of that this week is um, Yenier Cano on mm -hmm. Baltimore. So um, I think some, some managers last week were wise to look at Felix Bautista's usage last weekend and, um, you know, look ahead and say, all right, I think Bautista might be out early next week. So I'm going to pick up this guy who hasn't allowed a hit or a walk yet and see if he can sneak me a save. And he ended up sneaking them two last week. In addition to remaining perfect um, as of the time of this writing, I don't, I didn't see if he pitched tonight, but uh, so he's got a perfect season and uh, you know, now he's owned in 85% of leagues. So he was a popular ad um, added 44 times for an average cost of 17 bucks, which to, to me seems reasonable. Um, given how well he's pitching and how well Baltimore's playing and how much Bautista's being used. I mean, I think a lot of people on are kind of speculating on um, good teams. They're that secondary option in the event that there's an injury or just unavailable. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think he'll have many weeks as good as last week, but, for 17 bucks, I don't think it was a bad ad. Um, yeah, uh, I I scooped them up in um, one main and one auction. And I was looking at like, I was like, I like to look at the average and I also like to look like the median bid. And for him, it was 14 and a half. And I got him for seven bucks in the main. And in the auction, the median bid was nine and I got him for three. And actually he thought like, again, he was like, I, I didn't plan to win him because I thought the helium on him would be a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I totally agree. Like I, I'm not expecting, you know, a win in two saves every week, you know, right. really realistic about that. But in looking at his usage, it's like, okay, he's, they're feeding him, you know? And mm -hmm. um. I feel like they're one of those teams that play a lot of close games, yeah. right? You know, yeah. so, and they instantly trust them and it, it the stuff is filthy. So, right. um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to use them. Um, if my, you know, like six, seven starting pitcher option isn't great, um, on one of the teams I picked them up, I only have three saves. So, um, it's, it's, it's kind of just like, all right, you know, I, he's in there this week. Um, I think I, I, I think I, cause I needed ratios and I needed some saves and, um, I chose him over Michael Kopech, I think in one league, uh, I got a little, I started Kopech in all my DCs, but not in my, um, fab league. I got a little gun shy, but, um, again, because like, you know, we working with bad ratios and then might like take on two, uh, you know, shell shockers i was just yeah. like you know yeah. so i was like okay but cano yeah i'm i'm just hoping i could use him um in good weeks and it'll just help me with my ratios and maybe just pick up a save like even one save over two weeks if i start him like it's just solid and you know yeah. i i'm not expecting anything to happen to felix nor am i wish casting anything like that at all because i have a felix in other leagues so uh, yeah. but it's just um it's just a great arm right now he's just electrifying and i'm trying to pick up these guys um if if they pop and like you know uh, just following the usage in the pen and just seeing like how like how often he's going and mm -hmm. how willing they're going to him. So I'm not yeah. They, and he did pitch tonight. He pitched the uh, ninth on an eleven seven win, uh, one hit in a strikeout. Okay. Yep. All right, so you gave up a hit finally. But yeah, hit. no, and, and that I I agree though. Like you you don't have to like wish for like just look at how many times Bautista hasn't been available. And like you said, they play close games and they have 
you know, like they're trusted guys. So like having, I, I think it's a fine strategy. Like I have Jorge Lopez in a league, I, Oh, absolutely. you know, I had him Yeah. and like, you, I just know, like, I'm not, I'm not doing it because like I want Duran to get hurt. So Lopez can play. Like, I just know like the twins are good. And like, just by how Duran was used last year. And, you know, I anticipate that he'll start getting similar usage. Like he won't, they won't give him, they won't, throw him like class a like they won't throw him four and five days like they'll there'll be days that he's unavailable and those are the days that jorge lopez will get saves and if i just keep lopez in my lineup like the majority of weeks i'll walk into like a dozen saves just that like through that so like um Yeah, you and know it's like, and the thing with Batista too, like he was hurt preseason, so, um, and again, that's not wish casting or forecasting an injury, it's also just saying in my head, they may not shoulder him with like the burden or the necessary burden to go out there and shoulder such fatigue because they do have other lights out guys, you know, they Yeah. Right. can go to Baker, they go, they go, No, and you know, like, whatever, if they get 45 team saves and Batista gets, you know, 30, like, that's still, that's Yeah, seventy still a percent. decent amount, Like, there's yeah. not that. Yeah, there's not that many players. I know Greg um, did like an analysis at the beginning of the year of like every team. There's a handful I love that, of players I love that that, like yeah. make up like seventy percent of his of their team's saves. So like, um, you know, you think like a guy like Hater and Class A is like, oh yeah, you know, they're the full time closer. But like, even those guys get like seventy to seventy five percent of their team's saves. Like, there are just always going to be guys that pick up. like either weird saves, like the bulk saves, like the three inning saves in a blowout or, um, you know, just days that guys aren't available or, or the second half of a double header, just a lot of weird stuff, um, that can happen that you can walk into saves. So, um, Yeah, and they got like, like I said, they got a good team, good offense. Their pitches go five or six. They got a good pen, so it's like consistent. Like you can count on on some solid usage yeah. in that team. Yeah, and um, I know you mentioned uh, you you had a little note for Jason Adams, and that was an interesting thing too, right? It's uh, uh I I was a little wary of Jason Adams in the off season. I ended up taking him like. In a and like a couple of gladiators, um, because my rationale was like, oh, he's gonna be next in line if he gets six or eight, like that'll help my team. But um, that was so early in the season too, and the more I think about those Beck relievers, um, and I think you know this, but how like how different a pitch like a a reliever can be the next season when Yeah, the league they figures pop them up out out of nowhere. and they're so they're so volatile like they pop Yeah. up like no like clevenger like Yeah. Clever already looks dynamite and he still looks good but it's just weird like adams too it's like oh okay he just had an amazing season out of three average ones so who is this person you know Yeah. and i think it's just a lesson learned for maybe for dcs to not really Um, hedge too much on those possible number twos when it's a, still a significant draft cost, you know? Yeah, and, and especially on the Rays, right? Because, like, Yeah. I have Adam in one of my mains, and he's just on my bench. And I, I had him a couple of weeks ago because I was just like, he's a good pitcher. He's available. I can get him for cheap. And I did. And then, like, last week I was just looking at stats. I'm like, he's really not as dominant as he was last year. But So he was going to be a cut for me this week. But then I just said, I'm going to let him stick around while I have him see how the Fairbanks thing flushes out. So – I can get why he's a popular ad and same thing, you know, like it just goes to show how I think sharp players are getting because like 
for 15 bucks on average this week and added in 14 leagues coming off their Fairbanks news on the Rays, who are like the best team in baseball. Great. I think that's fair ad. Like, It is. you know, It's It is. not like in reality, I don't, if Fairbanks is hurt, he's not going to get all the saves. He's not going to, but it's probably going to be distributed amongst, you know, four other guys. So, um, in reality, that probably should have been the reason why I cut him, but I was just like, let me just see what happens. Um, but, but for 15 bucks, I think that like, no, that's not like, that's not crazy. I don't think anybody was getting crazy with their ads there. So No, that's yeah, that made that's sense a reasonable to me. ad. Yep. Yeah. Um, So was King. yeah, Michael King was at in 19 leagues and I, you know, I, like I, I put, I don't know if it's that, you know, people saw the writing on the wall in terms of Holmes before his meltdown yesterday, or just people were trying to do what you mentioned in terms of volume, just like knowing King was going to probably pitch early in the week and then again over the weekend. So, you know, two Michael King starts could, or two Michael King outings could be like six, seven strikeouts and that's a start. You know, um, so it's a sneaky way of, you know, getting a pitcher to go across two games, maybe get two decisions or get you saving a win and, and the K's and the ratio. So just good, good add, in my opinion, on the cheap. Um, Mm at, so then some popular pitchers were added in about 20% of leagues. So it's, um, This is a common theme. Guys are just cycling through bullpens. So Adbert Alzale, Chris Martin, Jason Foley, Nick Anderson, Jorge Lopez, and Matt Br
Yep. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on on the brash. I think Nick Anderson was like an eight week, the eight game thing. Um, yeah, and and I know and Minter kind of uh, Minter is getting babbipped like crazy. Um, he really is. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people are really hot taking him be, being like terrible, but um, it really. It's really not that bad out of the hood. I guess, you know, right. again, yeah. that's the thing. If you, you look, okay, you know, he's got two blown saves and oh my God, you know, he's, he, he's got a, a what's the other, eight, five, five six. Yeah. But, he's, yeah. He's had but, like two real bad meltdown. Two real bad meltdowns, but you know, everything else, yeah. and the swing and strike is 16%. Like when else are you complaining about that? Like yeah. when else are you complaining about 28% K rate and just, um, and just like, like you said, Babbitt's death and his left on base percentage, um, is 37%. <laughs> so those things just like those things regulate. I actually, yeah, it's small. yeah. And I actually, um, I actually dropped Minter this week in my main, um, I kind of anticipated Iglesias being back today, today. Yeah. Um, and I know this. Still like a couple of days where it's, you know, still like maybe the end of the week, it looks like now. But I I think the writing's on the wall anyway I for agree. him. So yeah. like um and 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 even then, like too, even then him becoming an ancillary guy is also a very good option. Maybe they Iglesia doesn't get like uh a lot or a full workload. But at that point, um, you know, I'm just looking for like someone who's going to get me a path to full saves or be like that Matt Brash type where it's going to get multiple appearances a week and be a little better, like strikeout wise. But um, yeah, so I think that's what Nick Anderson was popular for. I think a lot of people assumed just because of the blowups that uh, Anderson was going to get a run. Um, But, you know. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree with your logic on the Minter thing too. Like he's just probably going to be somebody that you'll you'll see added and dropped a bunch of times Absolutely. throughout the season. He's going to be um, popular. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, and then uh, Boxberger, Gratterall, Will Smith were all added in the handful of leagues that they were available in for like triple digits. Where um, would you have been interested in paying that much for any of those three um, if they were available in your leagues? Yeah, Smith was available in my league. I um I didn't even put a bid on him to be honest. Um it's not that I don't like him, I don't think he's gonna be the guy. Um I don't know. There's still too much, I think, up in the air through there, and I just think that Bochi eventually just gonna be uh working to this, you know, committee guy, I think, or just using Whoever he thinks is best at the time, uh, you know. I think you know me. I'm a big old clerk guy. Yeah. Um, so I'm like secretly rooting for him. Maybe like like maybe I'm subconsciously didn't bid on Smith because I'm secretly still rooting for Leclerc. Right. You know. But yeah. um, I do yeah. think eventually too, you might see some Joe Barlow action. That's you know, and he might get a chance. I don't know to at least get some, but I don't know. Um, maybe I should have been a little bit in a little bit more on. Will Smith, but I tell you, one guy I really do like though in that pen is Josh Spores. He looks solid. Yeah, yeah, I, I liked him a couple of years ago. Um, and then I think he had some injury stuff, and um, yeah, I I know I know Smith like kind of pop in terms of some of the metrics that I looked at like last week when I was just looking at relievers before our last podcast, just in terms of like, um, you know, getting ahead, avoiding um, 
you know, avoiding three zero counts and and uh, swinging strikes and things like that. So I'm, you know, he looked good in terms of that. It looks like now swing. I don't know if he had a rough week or whatever. I, I don't think I would have paid triple digits for him. He's the guy I would probably be more interested in than the other two. Like I, I still don't get the Boxberger obsession. Like I still think Fulmer is fine. I, I think it's a similar situation to Minter where like, you know, Ful Fulmer's had like a five run. Um, meltdown appearance and he's pitching kind of weird like sixth and seventh inning um getting called on in the sixth and seventh inning but like i don't know i still think he's the best arm there and and nobody's really running with the role there so i don't see how you could justify paying triple digits for brad boxberger but that i think i think it, it, it might been... be my uh that might be my bias where i was on fulmer at the beginning of the year so i'm like ah boxberger is not the yeah. guy <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I'm I'm like maybe the opposite way. Like I had a little bit of love for both of them, I think, at certain points of the offseason. Um, but I always leaned more toward the box. I just think like that, that 41 and 32 save season sticks out. Yeah. And I just think like Ross is that kind of guy. Like, you know, like, That's hey, fair. this is this is Good an point. old fashioned, you know, closer. And he's never been bad. I mean, last year, I think he led the league in hold last year, right? Yeah. Um, and though like really good last season, just to strike out per nine and um, so I always thought like it was kind of going to be him. Um, but again, I think it's to have so many arms too, that it could go so many ways, but I they think win the, games too. And I think to... I'm just surprised at the people who were like, so into Fulmer and believed him and tweeted about him constantly, like dropped him. Like, yeah, like to me, I'm just saying like in my head, what, so you believed in it, right? Like. And you liked it and you loved it when he was getting the opportunity, but like two bad outings and you're just out. Right. That Yeah. That's what kind of what we talked about. It's just so reactionary to the, to like, I think us as fantasy managers are more reactionary to the blowups than even like the actual managers are like today, like yeah, Aaron Boone says, point. maybe that's just, you know, bullshit, but like Aaron Boone saying like Clay Holmes still has his vote of confidence and like, you know, like guys that have, would look shaky in the role still get saves um you know the next op opportunity where we're assuming that they're going to be out and like they're the, there they are like carlos estevez you know like had a little bit of a rough start to the season had a bad spring but like getting saves um you know so i don't know uh, yeah i think i think that's maybe something it's just where like overreactionary and it could be maybe it's just so early so when you see a bad appearance this early you're like oh shit i gotta get the next you know i gotta get the next guy but uh yeah, yeah I, i'm i'm that's that's where it's like i believed in fulmer when i when i look at the stuff beyond era um you know i i don't think he's gonna keep getting you know babbit to death so right i believe yeah. in the stuff i haven't been compelled to cut him i definitely put him on my bench because i know he's not working the ninth inning and the cubs are not playing well but i'm willing to wait it out a little bit longer and just see what materializes but um yeah no i, and I think it. he's still working through stuff too he's working through pitch mix changes and different like arm slots too it's he's just changed as a pitcher so it's stuff that you have to work through also yeah. um and just yeah that whole um gratterall i got last week and um for nine bucks in my auction league and he was available in that main that i was just telling you that i needed some saves and mm -hmm. um had 
I know. So it was actually, um, so I actually lost Varland in that league, thirty-eight to thirty-seven. Which, was, yeah, ugh, I know that 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 hurts. Um, but I had Gratterall behind um Allen and Bibby at eighty-eight. Um, so I was there a little bit. I wasn't really too concerned with the the Evan Phillips save. It just looks like Gratterall just kind of might slide in to be that guy. And I was thinking about it being like an an overpay. And I knew like he's not gonna get a lot of it. And it might be a frustrating start every week too. Like, oh God, like they're going to Shelby Miller tonight. Yeah. So and and I totally understand that. And um, but you know, sometimes you're like again, just like reaching to catch lightning in a bottle and getting this maybe rest of season 20 save guy and on the Dodgers. So that's always appealing. Um, but no, I, I didn't end up getting it. So I'm, I'm fine with it. I ended up with DL Hall in three leagues in two mm. of my mains and in my auction, he was the kind of guy I looked at and I just see the writing on the wall for Kramer, or mm -hmm. you know, eventually um yeah. i think hall's a guy that you know they talked about wanted to get into the rotation and working to back up he threw in his two prior starts um to being called up 89 and 85 pitches okay. and starts in the minors and then he he came in i think behind grayson or somebody um yeah i know he pitched in that double header they had against Detroit yeah. over the weekend so so th yeah. there you go that's a good way of getting uh trying to get ahead of get ahead of, yeah Get ahead yeah. of somebody. So I mean, he so, yeah, had seven cause... Ks and three innings, and I think maybe a lot of people. Again, this is the stat casting too. I think maybe a lot of people looked at the minus three miles down. per hour, and yeah. um, but he was pitching single inning relief last year when he was in the majors. He wasn't pitching that too. Across that too, but leagues. he's down in velo, but he still got whiffs. Like <laughs> you know, yeah. like you have to take those dude like those things hand in hand. Like, and um, I saw Lance Brodowski too, like in his notes was saying like it might be an intentional thing, you know, mm -hmm. for the way he was throwing. And um again, I, I totally believe in the art. I mean, like even steamer, like the steamer rest of the season looks fantastic. Yeah. Um and I was shocked at that. So I, I was really like, oh, and e even um even the bat, I'm I'm gonna bring that up real quick too, because again that's the that's the one that surprised you. I mean, yeah, the bat was a little high in the whip, but they had him for um an eleven point six four k or nine again. That's as a that's like um, only like eight starts and okay. the rest of the lever innings. But okay. still, like um, I'll take that. Like yeah. that's that's what's, like five inning that? games with a good pen and getting eight eight nine strikeouts. So yeah. um, I'm I'm cool with that. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah, trying to get ahead of the game on that again. I don't yeah. want him to come in. He's gonna start a game, six innings, twelve k's, and then he's you know, a hundred dollar ad. So yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only other guy in terms of like interesting ads I want to bring up was Woodruff. So he yep. he uh he was available in one league last week. He went for like eighty eight bucks and then he was available in one league this week. Um and he went for a double. I think he went for like one fifty five. So um you know, the news I, I kind of was laughing they were like, Oh, the news is positive. He's gonna be out two months and I was like is that positive news? Like, they, you know, but, uh, you know, I think that's, a, that's another way of obviously um, getting ahead is if you have the capability to stash a guy like Woodruff, um, you know, definitely a good move. I think that was, uh, 
I think the drop was a member of the Patreon. He was actually asking about it in the fa- in the fab thread on the Discord. Again, yeah. if if you signed up for it and and you're paying yeah, on the fab tier, yeah, yeah he cut, was asking cut, Brian Fitzgerald. He's your cutthroat. The yeah, cutthroat call. Cutthroat call. Two two or three weeks ago, you said to, yeah. To get well, that cutthroat call comes from another guy. He's another guy. Okay. He's, uh, he's just passes it. He passes his his, his cutthroat okay. of the week. Okay. But the last two cutthroats have been him and Jake McCarthy before Jake McCarthy got there. You go. Sat yep. down. So cutthroat yep. call. He's cut from a different cloth. Yeah. Um, but but I don't. I don't think it's very positive. I think I'll again. That's, yeah, that's a couple, what I, I was, right. And, yeah, and I think we were discussing this in the Discord. Like a couple of people brought up, like, "Hey, um, he's not the embodiment of health. <laughs> you know, he hasn't been ever. So yeah. you have to tack that in. And like two months is a long time. <laughs> and yeah, so it's like it's like a you lot. didn't sneak him in for like thirteen, fourteen dollars. What was it, eighty yeah. eight? Yeah. Well, that's why I think I like you know everything on Twitter was like positive news headlines were like positive results positive results and then you read it and they're like two months it's like that's not i don't see how that's positive i guess it's positive in that they are saying hey you don't have to be not shut not down for, for the season yet yeah. but like i don't think that's particularly positive so like um yeah so i just i found that interesting that you know his price went up but really you know not much has changed other than the fact that we know that he's not out for the season yet so yep 100% uh, so one I, thing you wanted to uh, just talk. Let's talk about, about that next week. I yeah. think we hit that next. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll hit that okay. next week. We'll we'll tell people though. I think we're gonna just touch on who are gonna be the next big ads. I know everyone thinks it's everyone knows it's Bryce Miller this week and Brandon Fott. Yeah. If he's if he's available, he's probably just available in OCs. But I think it's a cool little discussion about um, you know what might be. Coming and what can expect, and I'll do I'll do a little comparative um, ad for who went last year for the, the types of players and okay, but that yeah, sounds but, good. Yeah, All let's right, talk about the drops. Before we go, okay, yeah, yeah. So before we do drops, let's do a little trivia really quick. Oh yes, I did, here we I go. Did, I did say go. I wanted to bring some trivia. I didn't want to give you any any information. So this is great. I, I found this interesting. I, I only had a little bit of time today, so I, I looked. Um, I'll try to bring some more in the next couple of weeks. But the the most added player in the main event this season was also is also the most dropped player in the main event this season kind of makes sense but do you have any guesses as to who that could be most added and most dropped okay same Um, guy same guy the same fucking guy huh yeah um to carry carpenter no, pitcher, somewhat oh. tied, somewhat tied to the, um, one of the debuts tomorrow. Oh, Dre Jameson. No, no, it's Michael Grove. Oh, Michael. Gro- oh, wow. Okay, all right. Yeah, so I think I'm pulling it up now. Um, interesting. So he's been added 81 times this year. For an average of $44 <laughs> and he's been dropped 83 times this season. So I think, I think, you know, it must've just been part, partly that, um, that like week zero fab run where oh, you know, yes, I think yes. pe- maybe people thought um, he was going to get the Pepio spot and then he did actually get a start. So he got 
he was popular ad and then he got hurt. So, um, Wow, Michael so yeah, Grove. so he's the, he's the most added, um, and most dropped player, which I found kind of funny, That but is I guess kind it of makes fun. sense given, given how many times he's been added and dropped and, you know, he's been added more than there are teams in the contest. So, you Yep. know, he's, um, yeah. So then in terms of the drops, um, you know, I, this, the, the, theme and it makes sense um most at most popular drops are guys that have either been demoted or injured um so you know i don't i don't think that there's a lot to talk about in terms of those guys you know you know why they were cut but i did give a list of players that caught my eye and, and how many leagues they were dropped in and just wanted to see um what your thoughts are in terms of you know if there was anybody that you were surprised about Um, from a drop perspective, we did kind of touch on a bunch of, a bunch of these guys just throughout our discussion. Like, you know, we talked about AJ Minter, we talked about, um, we talked about, uh, who else was it? Jake McCarthy. We talked about, um, so, um, yeah, I wanted to see, you know, if anyone caught your eye there in terms of either just the name or the amount of times they were dropped. Yeah, so I think just staying on the, you know, the pitching stuff um, and, like, how it's important to just, I don't know, have some good pitching options. I guess one of the ones that caught me by surprise was Ross Stripling, Um was dropped in six leagues. Uh, I know he hadn't gone far into game, but we saw what he did last year. Um, and uh, I don't know. I just think that's, like, that's an arm I probably wouldn't have. dumped this week he had a great start um yesterday and he got the five innings so i don't know just one that kind of surprised me in terms of keeping good pitching depth on your team um i guess um another pitcher i was kind of surprised about was i don't know maybe not though it's kind of like a little bit of bailey falter i mean he had a good game against seattle the game against houston he wasn't as effective but He showed me a little promise two starts ago with seven Ks and six innings. Um, so he's another one. And I guess Edmundo Sosa, I guess that, you know, the Bryce Harper return is kind of dulling everyone's, you know, hopes for him going forward. But I don't think, I think, I think it's going to stay Bohm at first for a while. Mm -hmm. Like, I think Schwarber is going to hop into the outfield a lot more. Um, and they sent Cave down. So I think that kind of cements that to me a little bit, that Sosa is still going to play third um, Yeah. for for a while. I think they want to see Harper swing. He's like, hey, just worry about doing this one thing, then we'll get you Yeah. on the field. Yeah. So I think the Sosa ad might have been premature, and I don't know if anyone's just dropping him off of skills, but the guy's got loud skills. He's fast. He barrels it up. You know, and I just don't see how um, that was really, I don't know. Alex calls and like, I guess, dude, because I, I picked him up in two weeks. So I guess um, people are not excited about a leadoff hitter who's playing in seven games for the week. Again, maybe I'm just looking at things in a small snapshot. And I saw that Christopher Morrell was dropped in three leagues as, as um, you know, some, some, Some added him off of his like 17 RBI game on Sunday. Um, and that's another thing too, right? Like it, it's good that like minor leaguers aren't available until they play 
right? Because yeah. like people were picking up Andrew Abbott. Like, there's another thing about this, like the stat cast stuff too. Like, you could see the game feeds for the minor leaguers. So, people are all over that too. And they just talk. It's just, there's a lot of stuff out there. So, I guess yeah. um, those were the biggest surprises to me. Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe Jordan Diaz. I don't know. I mean, he shows a little bit of promise. And I know it's a sucky Oakland team, but he should be. I don't know. I know yeah, the playing just, time doesn't dictate it, but it, yeah. he just. You just want to say like, "Hey, he should be starting every day." So yeah, uh, it's. I mean, maybe with the Ledmus Diaz injury now too, like maybe that that opens up a little more time for him because I know he finally got he actually did get put on the IL. Um, he didn't start tonight. Yeah, it's, it's maddening. It's maddening. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's it's tough on having guys like even everyday guys on teams that are this bad because you can really fall behind in like runs and RBIs just yeah. even if they are playing every day like I I know this firsthand last year just I like at the end when I looked back I was like I had so many fucking Rockies and like Tigers and just guys on terrible 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 teams and like even even the at bats like if they're if they're not hitting at the top of the order and they're just on really bad teams, like you could really fall behind in runs and RBI. So like, I, I kind of get, I kind of get it where it's like, yeah, it's like, I don't want to stick around and see this play out. The, the one. <laughs> yeah, I know there's, there's one thing with an oversight. I'll just mention this real quick, but again, just like kind of pay attention. I guess this is my note for myself and for anyone else might listen. Just kind of pay attention to your roster when you make your ads. Because after like one week, like I really like, you know, what I saw in JP Sears like, and I still like his skill set a lot actually. Um, and so I scooped him up and then the, like the next day when I'm making my live, I said, wait a minute. I got JP Sears and Kyle Muller. Like this is like week two or whatever. And I was like, oh shit, this isn't good. Like, you yeah, know, so yeah. it, it, again, it's like um, you like, I like both of the pitchers, but I, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's yeah. a good point. And that's, I think the archetype thing that we talked about too is like good to just before you like are entering a fab, like think about what you need and like what you're looking for. And don't just say like Tanner Bibby this week, Logan Allen this week. Like, you know, it's, I think it's good to just take inventory of what you have and what you need and like, you know, be focused and, and be like, you know, you know, set a target and, and figure out what you need and go after that guy and just make sure you cover your bases. Um, I think it was one of the it sounds sounds you know it sounds like very simplistic uh, and it's yeah, yeah and, but, and like something that you should be doing. But I th I think it's easy to get kind of caught up in the hype of some of these guys. Absolutely, like, it was like the best, the best, like the first best wow fab like anything advice i've heard when i got into the nfbc arena you know i really started listening to like podcast fantasy baseball podcast and scott jenstad said that on his podcast with jeff erickson on rotowire and he said like um one way i eliminate a lot of noise during fab is i check my lineup and i see what i need because a lot of times you can be looking through the free agent list, right? And looking at matchups. And then you go to your lineup and say, wait a minute, I don't even fucking need these guys. I don't right. need any bats. I got yeah. seven games. I got coverage everywhere. I got multi-eligibility on the bench. And you're like, oh, I just spent an hour looking at bats when I don't need bats. So just right. do, and I'm like, oh shit. And again, that's, you know, Scott Jensad, awesome. And that's like, that was one of those moments. I said, oh shit. And it's like, you know, again, when you first 
getting into the NFBC arena, like you just learning things. I'm still learning things every day, but totally. like that was one of the first ones that like I actually re- I remember writing that down <laughs> on a piece yeah. of paper. Like okay, like do this, and that's what I do, and I do it by hand too. I I have um I have my um uh, I have my architect ruler um and it goes right on loose leaf like you know good old Maddie Modica. You know, grid style. I make my grid for <laughs> every one of my teams. I have drops is the first column, needs is the second column, like, and that's like yeah. Monday to Thursday, Friday to Sunday, starting pitcher upgrade, starting pitcher streamer. And then I have a third column for positional needs. And my fourth column is like just like an overall like check mark. So like where am I in the overall? Like uh, did do I need like to really pick it up here or there? Because uh, you know, you still gotta try to play for that with that in mind a little bit too. At least I am. So right. um that's what I do first. I do that and then I get into my bids, you know, because I think that'll just streamline who you need, who you want, and yeah, you know, be more yeah. efficient. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, the only the only guy that caught my eye uh just in terms of the drops um actually two so both were dropped in 16 leagues so jose suarez came off a really good start on sunday so i don't know if it's just you know guys were like he's not going to pitch again until next weekend and they don't trust it but i saw something that he was tipping pitches and kind of um got it figured out so that's one. Um, Paven Smith uh, got dropped in 16 leagues as well. Um, if the Corbin, I, I get it, five game week for the D backs. Um, but if Corbin Carroll is injured, um, I would expect that Paven Smith be one of the uh, beneficiaries of that playing time. So, yes, yes, because I think he would enter the verse lefty pitcher that he wasn't in before. Right. Absolutely yeah. right. Yep. I yeah. agree. So those were two kind of caught my eye, but it might just be scheduling um, type of thing. So that he might yep. be a popular ad next week, uh, depending yeah. on hopefully, hopefully the, the uh, Carol news is good for my main event team that has like 17 total steals and he has 10 of them. Um, so I need him to stay healthy, but uh, yeah. Next Friday to Sunday, Pavin Smith facing three righties. There you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Lock it for in now. for to, now. To, yeah. It's so, the Giants, so to be determined. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have many lefties. Uh, <laughs> He's got Mania. I guess, besides, I guess if him. Alex Wood comes back and Mania. Um, so, yeah. Um, cool. And then the last piece, the unopposed bid summary. I, you know, we touched on a lot of these guys already. McKinstry, unopposed in 15 leagues. Jack Dane Dunning, unopposed in 11 leagues. Um, What's going on with Luke Travis Jones? Weaver, Kelsey? unopposed in 13. Travis Jankowski. What's happening? So I, I put in the. Did I miss wh- something? Like, well, he's stealing bases. That's all. <laughs> but I know. But he's only playing versus righties, and and they have so many lefties this week. So it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, that that's another ad where I, I don't think, you know, people oh, p- the people that added Jankowski this week hopefully are listening to this pod and are gonna kind of think about schedule on a weekly basis because you know I think you might just filter on if you know if you're like me you have 17 steals you might just filter on steals and say Good oh point. jankowski's playing he's got four i'm just gonna pick him up not realizing he doesn't play against lefties and they're playing like three left three out of six lefties this week so like he's just five. gonna end up probably back on the wire next week okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. two game so, on day to thursday maybe 
Um, and yeah, yeah, definitely. But that's a good point of the sort. That that's a very good point because that's that's um and and the Jose Suarez thing could be that too. It could be an early set, like oh, I need to you know check check my bids. Um, they don't recheck. Maybe you set your bids on Friday or Saturday, and then you're like, yeah, oh, I'm you know I'm busy with Sunday with my family and. Um, yeah. and, and, and those are the ones too, right? On Sunday, that really get you the ones that really make you like second guess your drop. You're like, wait yeah. a minute, yeah. wait a minute, should I do it? I think mine was Clevenger, you know, like, uh, he was a drop in my 12, but in my 15, they're like, no, 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 hold on, AKs, swing your strikes are up, you know, like, looks a little better, you know, still like, oh, like talent wise, a lot better than a lot of people out there. So, like, but those Sunday ones, man, they really, you know, obviously the saves that that bumps up a player, yeah, bid, steal, steal, home run. Oh, forget about it. It's just Sunday and like, right? Look at all the stuff we look at. Like, oh, we're looking at stats, year end projections, and we're like, this one snapshot of time on Sunday changes your whole thought. Well, you know, th- that was the opposite for me. So Ryan Nelson, like I decided after his start last Tuesday or whatever, I was like, this guy's a cut. I hope they call it fat. Like, I don't even care. Like I have fat everywhere. And I was like, just call him up. I don't care if he pitches at Coors and gets shelled. Like, just call him up so that I don't have to get a Ryan Nelson Sunday starting Coors. Like, please, for the love of God, go five-man rotation right now. Don't go four-man. And he got that second start and he got shelled. And I was like, all right, yeah, he's – a yeah. definitive cut like there's not there's no redeeming quality in my mind uh so yep. we'll see i know they got a good schedule coming up but i could i can't do that anymore yeah no i agree with you that's a good cut he doesn't he hasn't shown me anything really. yeah yep yep cool awesome all right Another great pod dom all what right. are you looking well, forward to this week yeah. you got anything you got your mind on anything this week as we go through this uh <clears throat> i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to get everything in a little earlier i think as we go along, I know a lot of things change. I used to try to do fab like a little earlier this week. I just been waiting, waiting, but I think I'm going to try to get it a little earlier. I think I'm going to try to include actually a little special fab tomorrow, maybe for the Patreon called like a watch list Wednesdays. Just kind of guys oh, I'm like uh, keeping my like eye that. on. Yeah. 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 Good yeah, idea. Put, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just like kind of guys I'm throwing into the queue and um, just like, you know, keeping the eye on because I think that's again, probably another helpful thing. Oh, yeah, you do it in totally. the, right like in your notes app or pizza paper or yeah i mean i just go straight to the site and even if i'm on my phone i just put in a picture name and hit the little eye thing and throw them in the watch list and go through it too right so this is another thing um that i'm gonna do tomorrow i'm gonna go through the watch list too and anyone from last week that would maybe like a one-eye stream or anything i'm just getting them out like just i want to mm-hmm. keep it nice and tight um, I don't even keep a watch list for OCs, man, because that's just nuts anyway. Like you can't. Yeah. There's 12 teams of mayhem. 12 teams of mayhem. Even like I I, I always try to think like, should I try to like advise on fab bids for OCs? And I don't think you, I don't think you can. Yeah. I don't think you can. Yeah, like- I, I don't I, I got rid of all my 12, 12 teams. So I only play fifteens and I've I've only I only have uh my two mains for fab. So like oh, yeah. I got that twelves are fun. Twelves are fun. Yeah, I just I think uh, I don't know. I I don't like flipping back and forth in my brain between it, and and it's like yeah, it is. It feels like it's like the wild west, like with with all the activity in it, and it's just. So I think I would just be too conservative in them to like actually win, just because I'm so like 
off-season DC focused and and main event 15 teams like that is where my mind is at and I think I would just not be ruthless enough in fab and I wouldn't want you know to I, I just I know how my brain works and I just I don't I wouldn't want the strategy of either infiltrating other like I wouldn't want to just start getting super um reckless with my adds and drops in main events and I wouldn't want to be overly conservative in the 12s so it's like No, that I think makes sense. I, I, yeah I'm just like I'm good with you know I, I like the 15s and I just don't want to dabble in those waters and then I I see this like I, I see the articles and stuff like that and yeah there's just like no rhyme or reason for the bidding like Mason Miller went in an OC for a dollar I believe right like that's fucking crazy like there's It's fucking just crazy. yeah so It's it's fucking just like crazy. And then, like, in I, I would my kill OC... myself I would I would go crazy trying to like figure out the right fab bids and then you see the people that are competing with you getting Mason Millen for a buck and it's just like what am I doing here like it's just you know almost like a random number generator It really is such a random number generator. Like I, it is wild, man. Um, I, I took, you know what? I like it though. Cause I like it because, um, I'm playing like with something completely different in mind. Like I'm literally just playing for the overall, like yeah I want to win my league, but true like the return in the league is, is meh. So it's right just like, yeah I you're want, just like I'm playing for that. And like, I have my 80th percentile, my 90th percentile. And I'm like averaging out the current one with last year's just to try to get like a decent sense of what it might be. And I'm just literally making my ads and drops for that. So this weekend was crazy because like one of my OCs, like I have like, um, I don't know, I have the 2,400 teams, like the 18th best ERA, it's like 2.7, and my whip is like point, like 1.07 or something like that. It's just crazy. Yeah. My staff's just like, I'm sitting pitchers that like you would crave to have on your 15th. And then, so this week I go to my fab and Domingo Herman and Juice Smiley are available, right? And they're both double starts, and it's like... I got them for $11 and $4 on a post because everyone went for Bibby and Barland. Right. And, but in other leagues, they went for like 90 and 80. Um, it's just wild too, because then like now I'm like benching Shane Bieber this week. <laughs> but And um, you started Herman yesterday? I did. Yeah, yeah, Nice. yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That's a crazy Win would league. have been nice, but Win would have been huge. Win, yeah. win would have been huge. But like that league, you know, like my bench pitching right now, this is what I have on the bench this week. Uh, Stroman, Mikolas, Puck, Bieber, and Ryan Presley. That's my bench stack on that team. But starting team is Cole, Castillo, Snell, Ryan, uh, Smiley, Duran, Green, Armand. Uh, and it's just, it's fun. It's fun, though, because, like, I enjoy it. Um, And I do, I do the fab after the 15s, and it's fun. It's like, a, it's like you walked into, you know, a, a sneaker store, like, when you just, like, oh, I want the New Jordans, and, like, which one do I just pick? Like, whatever. Whatever your, your, like, whole thing is with buying Yeah. stuff. Like, that was, that's, like, the 12th for me. But, again, there, there was no rhyme or reason to it. There's, like, no math involved at all compared to the 15s. Yeah. I try to, like, I... was doing that last year was comparing 2021 bids and i was like i'm wasting my time i don't Yeah. even extract that like into a sheet anymore i do the main event i do the auctions in the high stakes league just to get some reference but i the ocs are just like it's just a big guessing game just pick a fucking number Yeah. that's it Well, that's good. Then you, you, you get that, you get that out and then your main events and, you know, your other big auctions, you have to be a little more methodical in that way. 
you, you know, you can do the impulse buying on OCs and you can be, yes, you know, more strategic exactly. and methodical and, uh, in, in the, in other leagues. So that's good. It uh, fills a need. It fills a yeah, need. And, it, and, and it's, um, I'm sharing my first, uh, team in a while and my first OC ever with Venancio, Ryan Venancio, um, at Van Armbon. We're sharing an OC and we're 42nd in the overall right now. So, nice. um, it's pretty cool. And it, that's such a different dynamic. We had like, um, and I think Ryan would probably agree with me here, uh, even though we really haven't discussed it, but the draft was like seamless. Um, we saw eye to eye a lot and we prepped for like three hours and I, mm-hmm. well, we had a full game plan. We routed out every round. We knew who we were taking every round, but the fab is where like, we're kind of like, Oh, we're, but I kind of like this guy, you know, and I kind of yeah. like this guy. So it's interesting. Um, cause it's two different views, but we're learning a lot yeah. from each other. I think you'd agree with that. And yeah, uh, it's fun. No, that's a Ryan and I talk and like, yeah, I think he and I, uh, do player evaluation a little differently and but like i learn a lot from him and like you know he's got a really good handle on in my opinion a lot of the um you know uh stat cast metrics and like um dynasty type yeah yeah yeah. so like all that stuff i think he's like super sharp on and so like you know he and i talk and like you know it's good to learn and keep an open mind on people yeah, because totally. I, I, you know, and we've talked a lot too. And like, um, you know, I think like I maybe got him to temper the expectations on rookies in certain leagues yeah. a lot. And then, yeah. but he's all like, um, but he's also like, got me to look at specific guys, you know, more often. And then I too, I think in return, maybe influenced his thoughts on like valuing guys like um, Hayes on the Pirates who he hated, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then, like, with me consistently, he's like, but, like, look at the, you know, like, look at the SGB value. Like, look at the steel value. Like, he just brings it. Like, the value is the value. Like, you can't change right. anything about what he's going to hit and yep. the ground balls. But it's, like, it's value regardless. So, it's fun. It's fun. Um, yeah. And I think that's important. Like, just just keep an open, just keep an open mind because yeah. you'll learn something that way. If not, exactly. if you like think you have the answer to everything, it's just you're never going to get better. That's just. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I. That's why I think I like I like talking with through it with him because yeah he makes me think about things differently so it's it's good stuff yeah man um cheers but yeah yeah I think I think the uh the waiver Wednesday is a really good idea and uh, yeah I mean when you talked about setting the fab like this week I did it all Saturday night and it felt so good to have it done because like other other weeks this year I I was like driving home on at, like from from you know disney with my family disney. and i was in a rest stop in pennsylvania because i had to drive home from virginia like after you know just like crazy travel shit and so like the the difference between having your fab done you know 95 percent on saturday night versus scrambling to do it in a restroom in in a pennsylvania rest stop uh, you know on your phone on sunday is like five minutes before fab ends is like such a totally different experience and like um yeah just having it primarily done beforehand and just kind of tweaking and moving with you know what the news is on sunday is just much uh much more comfortable experience in my opinion it is it is definitely that's the goal going forward yeah mine too mine too i'm gonna start mine um i might look at my lineups as soon as i can and just just start to thinking because if I could start that line of thinking earlier too, like I already know what I'm looking for next week, then I could streamline it. So, yeah. 
Yep, cool, totally. man. Appreciate your All time. Right. Another bang out podcast. Uh, if anyone wants to check out uh, Dom's work at Bullpen Guru, you could find them at Reliever Recon Patreon as well. Um, I mean, I think it's the must have for anyone playing fantasy. Honestly, you, Greg, Adam, Nate, you guys are you guys crush it, man. I just I can't say enough things about like what you get every day from you guys. It's just fact. Fan- fantastic and you're covering everything um daily pickups uh points leagues and super cool man so i think um i think what you guys built there is really cool and i'm about to order i'm about to order a fleece nice. uh, i saw the merch line is out and yep. i'm excited yep. there's so. a merch, merch line out good stuff greg uh yep. yeah he's, he's got all the different uh you know color schemes with team like MLB i saw teams, that so that's so like, cool that, yeah, yeah. Was, the like the mar it's like either the mariners or the rays one like looks like really sick so i was like I, I was like i told greg i was like i don't really need any more merch but like i uh the 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 mariners or rays color one whatever one that is like really pop so i was like i might yeah. just have to do it i kind of like the oriole jam one. it in yeah yeah the oriole yeah. one looks good too yeah, oriole so. one too. yeah he, and he I, made a good choice on the colors definitely definitely too and it's funny too because i saw it and like about two weeks ago i told my wife i said listen because she does some digital art and stuff like that and she's been She's been sketching for me, and I'm like, I uh, I need stuff. I need it. It's time, and it's so funny. I saw Greg's like post. I'm like, damn it! I'm like, I gotta get mine up and running because <laughs> I want to have one for the Patreon too. Like, I want to have some Meatball Mafia ones, and then oh, yeah. and then and then some regular pull hitter stuff that that'll be available to everyone. So I'm uh I'm excited. I got that out, and not that I expect like everyone to walk around with my fucking podcast name on it, but it seems like some people were like interested. They're like, okay, I'll throw it out there. Like, yeah. And tote bags because you know in Jersey, um, yeah, Tom, you can't buy any plastic bags. You yeah. gotta fucking have bags on you, you know. Yeah, and you need a bag just to carry all those bags. Yeah, what don't, a disaster! I, I don't. Yeah, don't get me started on that. I, I've, uh, I pretty much at this point only go to supermarket and pick up like things that I can carry in my hand. At this point, <laughs> I let my wife because I just I can't I can't deal with that. But. uh yeah, we'll be here for another hour if we start if we start going through yes. supermarket, New Jersey supermarket rants. So I think yes. we should uh, 100%. call it a night. We'll call it a night but right here, Dom. Um, sounds good. I appreciate it. All right. I'll talk next week. week. Later. Right. Later, bud. Alrighty, folks. Thanks again for tuning in and for all your support of the show and for my content. Really would love to see everyone on the Patreon. If you get there, really, really appreciate it. Come check it out. Support me. Support the work. And... Next week, I'll be doing a little bit of an unlock week. So basically, I'm going to give a little glimpse as to what goes on inside the Patreon and what I do article-wise, notes-wise, as my daily pods, my daily notes, and some of the lineup stuff. And also going to preview the the starting pitcher preview that I do with Matt Modica. We started off as calling it the two-star pitching review because we highlight all the two-star pitchers. Um, but then we started getting into the fringe decisions that we're going to make, right? Like, so we know a lot, most of the two starts are a yes or, you know, clear nose that, that spelled disaster. But then what about some of the fringe decisions, you know, uh, bad ballpark or a decent hitting team for a fringe pitcher. So, and then we just started discussing pretty much every start of the week for every team, including the skill sets and recent trends for a lot of pitchers, pitch mix, usage, Swing strike, Sierra minus ERA, all that fun stuff. We really get into it. And certain feedback from others in the Patreon um, have told us that it is the best podcast out there. So um, 
going to preview a few for you guys just to get a taste and see what you can enjoy and come be involved with a community. That's basically the biggest thing. You're entering a community of lots of things. You'll love it. The Discord is a treasure every day. Can't really say it enough. Probably sound like a broken record, but everybody in there is spitting out knowledge, recent news, everything you could imagine. Dynasty talk. If you pay up for the fab tier, you get our fab fab questions answered by me and plenty of others who play in the NFPC as well, a kicker in, in their opinions. It's invaluable source. So, And not only if you don't play NFPC leagues, I think if you just even play a daily league or any home-style league, I think you'll enjoy it too. I bring a lot every day to the daily pods and my daily notes. Um, I really look into unearthing a lot of the under-the-radar players, you know, maybe players that are not being highlighted normally on a show or in an article. And I think there's a ton of value in that. And with my lineup tool, I'm projecting lineups going forward for the whole weekend. So um, a lot of people enjoy that and like it for their daily use as well because they're getting a couple of days ahead of their league mates for daily streams as well. So I um, think you'll enjoy it. Come check it out. And I uh, appreciate if you do that. If not, don't worry. You're not a bag of shit, but don't be a bag of shit.